Greetings to all of you. It's a blessing to be here. And I'm honored and humbled to share with you from the Word of God. Selfless service in the local body. <clears throat> when Jesus said, uh, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, I'm wondering if you've noticed how he does that. Jesus builds his church, it's been going on for how many millennia now since Christ was here, and he builds it with people. Now, <clears throat> your local body, your local congregation, and I understand this is a minister's conference, so I'm not sure how many congregations or local bodies are represented here tonight, but I expect there's quite a few. So you think about the people that make up the local body that you're a part of, that you're a member. <clears throat> In the building program of the church, he uses people. And sometimes those people do strange things. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> I mean, sometimes they do things that you scratch your head and say, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> I mean, after all, we should be doing things the way I think they should be done. You know, uh, I mean, can, have you noticed the trustees had chicken again for the fellowship meal, and we've had that for the last four times. And if you think I'm going off the rails, let me just finish with one more question. When was the last time you looked in the mirror? <laughs> uh, our local bodies, you know, they, they are made up of people. And uh, sometimes we, we just have to back up and look in the mirror and say, yeah, maybe I'm the one who's weird. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm the one who's strange. But you know, I believe tonight that God has a plan for your local church. And again, I don't know what all that is and what and they purposes of your local body, how you do things, it varies, right? And I say tonight that is the blessing of the local body. If we would all be the same, <laughs> I'm not sure, would we, have, uh, would we have steak for fellowship meal all the time or would we have a variation? Well, I trust we all know that we have variation in that as well. But you know, tonight as we think about selfless service in your local church, in your local body, where, you, where God has placed you, whether you're ordained or not ordained, um, 
You need to thank God that he has put, placed you where you are. And you need to thank God and count your blessings that not everyone else in your local congregation thinks the way you do, <laughs> plans the way you do, has their family structure the way you do, uh, you know, shows up on time every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night, right on time. People come at different times and, you know, sometimes that might irritate some, but that's part of being able to get along. <clears throat> and so tonight, as I think about this message of selfless service in the local body, I believe it's most important that we recognize where we've came from. We recognize who we are. We recognize the great work that Christ has done in each of our lives so that we can understand how to blend together and serve in our local body. And so what I have to share with you tonight is probably, and it's definitely not new, you know the scriptures, but we know that Romans 3 says, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so to selflessly serve in our local bodies, we recognize that we're, as someone has said, beggars helping other beggars where to find food. All right? And uh, the way things happen in the local body are because we're people. And uh, where you have a congregation of 40 or 50 members and uh, they listen to your messages each Sunday or I don't know how many people are here tonight and uh, you're listening to me share the word of God when we leave here and if I were to ask 50 or 60 of you what what did you hear how many different opinions do you think you would have probably the same amount of people that I would talk to right <laughs> Everybody has different opinions and variations, and I'm not trying to promote here that selflessly serving in our local body is a matter of overlooking sin. That is not at all what I'm sharing. But I believe when we are converted, when we're blood washed by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we know what, it's, what it is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and seek his face for our salvation, then we can recognize that the differences we have can easily be laid aside and we can work together in harmony within the body of Christ because we have all experienced salvation. Yes, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And uh, we can move beyond that. <clears throat> Psalm 14.3 says they are all, they are all gone aside, they are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So selflessly serving our brothers and sisters in the life of the church includes understanding who we are, where we came from, that we have all sinned, but then it also goes beyond that into having a heart of willingness 
to be able to lay aside my selfish ideas and promote and encourage others' ideas and suggestions and opinions at times as well. Serving together, believing that my fellow church members in the local body have opinions that are good as well. <laughs> Some time ago, in the life of one of our congregations that, we, that I serve at in, in Illinois, we were, we were getting full. The church was full, and uh, they were talking about a building project, and there was one particular man, he, he, uh, he, was, he was all excited about it. He had passion. He had a desire to see things happen, and he was like, this is not moving fast enough. We need to do something now. And uh, I have 800 miles to travel to get there. And so the one weekend, I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, brother, I said, I, I'm excited about your, your energy. I'm excited about your passion. That's popular today, use the word passion, you know. The energy of young people. This was a not necessarily a young man anymore. He had a family, and so, but he wanted to move ahead. And I said, brother, just, 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 just calm down. Just calm down. Things will be okay. Yes, but we need the room now. I said, yeah, well, that's, I understand the urgency as well. But you know my point in, in talking to him later on, <laughs> after the building project was pretty well completed, I, I talked to him and and uh, he said, Jimmy said, you remember when you talked to me several, I, I don't know, six, eight months before. He said, I just am here to tell you, he said, serving on the building committee was probably one of the best things I, I uh, experienced in my whole life. I said, oh, okay, let's hear about it. Well, he said one thing I've learned. <laughs> He said, I've learned that other people's opinions matter too, not just my own. I said, praise God. You know, that's how we develop. That's how we move from our, our uh, own selfish ideas. And God can mold and use each one of us in various ways. And so tonight, <clears throat> I want to just share that selflessly serving in the local body I believe requires this main Bible doctrine of forgiveness. Simon Schrock, in his book, uh, A Smoother Journey, has a chapter in there titled, The Oil of Forgiveness. And I don't have to go into a lengthy discussion about the importance of oil. We all know that you have a car or a vehicle that you came in tonight and I can tell you that if you would have left your house, I don't know how far you've driven to come here tonight, but if you didn't have oil in that engine, you wouldn't have gone far. You may not have even made it here. And that engine would have experienced some problems. The first problem would have been is overheating because oil in an engine has, is lubricant, right? And uh, I drive uh, haul insulation for a living. I have a, a truck and gooseneck trailer and I haul, drive lots of miles. 
And on my trailer, there are these axles that are called oil bath axles. Are you familiar with that? Well, in these axles, I need to make sure that there's oil in those axles. Or they're going to have a problem as well. They're going to overheat. And uh, so the matter of oil in selflessly serving in our local bodies is interesting as well. <laughs> when there's no oil of forgiveness in relationships, you know what happens? Overheating. <laughs> is that being too blunt? But yeah, that's what happens in relationships. That's what happens when we have, you know, oh, we had chicken four times, it's time to have roast beef, or whatever, you know. That's just a small illustration. Sometimes there's other things that make really overheating things. But the oil of forgiveness. You know, we could go to a lot of passages tonight about the experience of forgiveness, but I'd just like to share a bit about it and then we'll move on to some more practical areas. God is our example of forgiveness. Psalm 86, verse 5, for maybe I should turn there just to make sure that I get this properly. Psalm 86 and verse 5. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that, are, that call upon thee. Give ear, O my Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things, thou art God alone. Teach me, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy toward me. And thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. And I could read on here, but I'm just going to cease there to help us to understand tonight that... Number one, as I said, in selflessly serving in our local bodies, we need to recognize that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, we need to recognize the joy and the peace and the comfort that each of us experience because God has forgiven us. Are you thankful tonight for forgiveness? You know, when you think about, it says here that in verse 5, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. You know, the mercy of God, if I understand mercy properly, it is withholding what I rightly deserve. So what do we rightly deserve tonight as, as, as human beings? What do I rightly deserve from, from God the Creator? <laughs> not, not, a, not, a, not a converted life, not a joy-filled life. The mercy of God has been extended to every one of us tonight so that we 
could make a choice. And you see, this is, a, this is what really is outstanding to me. The mercy of God has been extended to us in allowing us to make a choice to accept or reject the provisions of Christ, the death and suffering of Christ. That's how we experience salvation, isn't it? We come to Christ, but you know what? God doesn't force us. We have to come on our own. And, and just thinking about the mercy of God, how many times have you had to step back and maybe consider how difficult it might be for you? Maybe I shouldn't say it for you, but I know how it is for me to extend mercy to those people in my home, in my own congregation that I worship with every Sunday of the week who do some very strange things. <laughs> All right? God has extended his mercy to us. He says here he's plenteous in mercy. Should we not then in turn also extend mercy and, and grace to those who maybe we just have a problem getting along with or do things that, yeah, make us wonder why they do things that way. But you know, because of the example that we have in God himself in the area of forgiveness, we are commanded to forgive. It is a command of scripture. Jesus said in Luke 16, or Luke 6, 37, Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. And you know, when I think about God commanding us to be forgiving, I, I think of the spirit of forgiveness. You know, we, we look at it sometimes, and we, we could be a little bit like Peter, who said to Jesus, how many times am I supposed to forgive? Seven times got to cover it, right? <laughs> and Jesus said, how about 70 times seven? You see, Jesus was talking about having a spirit of forgiveness, I believe, because it's unlimited. And you know, when we think about the, uh, the aspect here of, of uh, forgiving and the command to forgive, you're all aware what it says in Matthew 18. Just for clarity, I want to make sure I read it properly. Matthew 18 talks about offenses and so on, and I'm not going to spend time tonight to, to share all that with you and how to work through offenses and all that. We have the direction here in verses 15 to 17 on how to work through offenses and church discipline and correct when correction is needed. But I want the spirit, again, I promote the aspect of having a spirit of forgiveness in your heart. You know, the uh, latter part of Matthew 18, it talks about the uh, servant who has, uh, who has uh, two um, debtors. You know the story very well. And you know how the one forgave and the other one would not have forgiven. But jumping down all the way to verse 32, it says, Then his Lord, after that, um, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, 
I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had had compassion on, had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Catch verse 35. So likewise shall you, my heavenly Father do also unto you if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. You see tonight the grief of the heart of God when he sees Christians who are trying to dwell together and live together, encourage one another, have conflict? How must that grieve the heart of God? When he has extended his hand of forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, he gave his only begotten son and we know the familiar passage in John 3.16. We can quote it by memory. But then we stand up and say, I can't forgive my brother. You know, the Bible says that we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I believe that's one way that we grieve God in a very deep way. Because the extent of his mercy and grace to save your soul by the blood of Jesus and to have you turn around and treat someone else in your local body, your local church, your fellow church member in a harsh and unforgiving way breaks the heart of the Lord, I believe. All right, moving on to the rest of the message here, I'd like to talk a little bit more about some practical aspects of selfless service in the local body. You know, tonight I believe the local body, the local congregation, the local church, those whom you worship with, is one of the best places, it's not the only place, but it's one of the best places for you and I to practice the fruit of the Spirit. We all know what the fruit of the Spirit is, right? Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Yeah, we all say, well, and I trust you would all say tonight that you're, you're uh, living out, you're practicing the fruit of the Spirit. And I say, you know, right within the brotherhood, your local body is where that can be fleshed out and worked out. James 4.11, let's go to James, learn a few lessons here from the book of James, chapter 4 and verse 11, speak not evil one of another brethren, he that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Goes on and talks about there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who uh, art thou that judgest another? We also know that backing up to chapter 3 in James, we have 
this question. James chapter 3 verse 11 says, Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either of vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish, for, ever, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easily, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So, as we think about the first principle from the fruit of the Spirit, that of love, how can we say that we love our brothers and sisters in the local body and that we want to selfishly serve them when we are saying one thing about them to one person and something else to somebody else? We say, Jim, I... Didn't know that happens. Well, I'm sorry to tell you tonight, but that does. I had uh, a brother in the ministry just recently tell me that uh, he had two, he had a man talk pretty negatively about a friend, about how he wasn't doing certain things right or whatever. There was a problem, a relationship problem. They couldn't get along. And so my uh, minister friend said to, to this man who was kind of, you know, sp spurting off a bit about how it was difficult. And he said, I got a question for you. He said, have you ever prayed for him? No, I haven't. He said, I want to encourage you the next week or two, you, you pray for him every day and come back and let me know how you feel later on. Came back later and said, yeah, I, I, I can see a difference. Who did he see a difference in? <laughs> you see, when we have difficulty serving one another, reaching out, talking to, to uh, our neighbors or whatever, and tomorrow night I want to talk about reaching out, helping the lost, but tonight we're talking about selflessly serving right within the body of Christ, right within among us. And you see, I also know that when there's difficulty, there's relationship problems within the body of Christ, within your local body, I don't think I'm going to tell you anything new by what I'm going to say now, but you can count on it. The community in your neighborhood knows something isn't right in your local church when there is not harmony. Do you agree with that? I could share a lot more on that, but I'm not going to. So this matter of love, let's make sure that we are not 
living a, hypo a hypocritical life. Cynicism is an awful thing. Joy, serving with joy. <laughs> you know, in the local body, in your local congregation, I would say tonight, you experience the joy of the Lord in your heart and life when you give to the, to the church what, and you use your gifts, first of all, for the honor and glory of God, but to selflessly serve the congregation. Be the best Sunday school teacher you can be. Oh, they asked me to teach Sunday school again. I just don't have it. Yes, you do. Give it all you can. Be the best janitor, the best trustee, or whatever you've been called to fulfill in the local body. And you know what will happen if you've experienced this at all in your life. You will have the peace of God resting in your heart, and you will have a joy. I can do something for the local body. I can encourage my brothers and sisters. Maybe you have children's class. Will you have children's meetings and encourage the children to obey their parents and, and live what the Bible says? Do it with joy. <laughs> Peace. I was encouraged by the last minister ordination I had in our congregation in Illinois. And a uh, new minister's wife said I was trained. She grew up in a home of uh, a minister as well. So she said I was trained that if I'm not part of the problem and I'm not part of the solution, then stay out of it. <laughs> I said, well, that's, that's encouraging to hear. And I believe it's a, good, it's a good motive for all of us to follow. <laughs> I was just blessed to hear that. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. You know, they all blend themselves together and in the local body again is where I believe we should practice them, carry them out, and God will bless you for it. You know, forbearance with one another sometimes, sometimes can get pretty taxing. <laughs> Another illustration of the uh, congregation in Illinois where there was a young lady. This goes back a number of years. She's no longer there at Lighthouse, but uh, she... Uh, I, I guess in describing her, I would say it this way, that she was, she was a person that allowed many of the sisters of the congregation to have opportunities to serve, <laughs> okay? She was limited, and, and nothing against, not, you know, I'm not criticizing her, but just as an illustration. She lived in her own apartment, and things kept getting worse and worse, and to the point where we were not even sure she could live by herself anymore. And uh, then she got sick, and she landed in the hospital. And she, uh, <laughs> as I said, she was very needy, 
and our deacon brother, bless his heart, he had to go back in her apartment and get her well-beloved cat. <laughs> and I said, uh, what was it like? He said, well, I, I don't think I should explain. <laughs> but I said, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I could do that because I, I'll just be honest and confess to you tonight, I cannot stand going into houses where pets are and they're not kept. You know what I mean? The odor drives me for the door. <laughs> Let's get out of here. So anyway, selflessly serving in the local body and, and the dear brother has gained a reputation that he will do anything for anyone. And I'm here to tell you tonight, brothers and sisters, that's a good reputation. Yes. Has he been extended? <laughs> yes, he has. But he has a heart to serve people selflessly. Just give, you know, wherever there's a need. Oh, what can I do to help? What a blessing. And so, tonight as we think about selflessly serving in the local body. You know, I think as we think about practicing the fruit of the Spirit and showing gentleness and kindness to all those who uh, are part of our local congregation, I think it's, uh, it's some things that we need to extend and move beyond as we think about not just trying to see how much we can do that pleases myself, you know, things that I think are important. And so, as we think about this tonight, I'd like to have you go to a couple more verses here, then I'll soon be closing Ephesians chapter 4. And again, it's a very familiar passage where we are specifically told how I believe we can selfishly serve one another. Ephesians 4 and verse, verse 26, it says, Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands. The thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I could have read it faster, but I did it intentionally. Read it slower so that we can process it. Why does bitterness rear its ugly head sometimes 
in relationships in the local body, we are told here very carefully, very, very much, that we're to not let corrupt communication in verse 29 proceed out of our mouth. And you know, as we think about being kind one to another, you know, kindness, kindness is a little bit like this. And I came across a quote, and I'm not sure I wrote it down. I'll try to re rehearse it with you. Oh yes, here it is. Do you know what kindness does in the brotherhood? Kindness goes to the throne of God and asks King Jesus, what do you want me to do? Is kindness a personal trait of yours? I trust it is because if you know the Lord Jesus tonight, but you have a difficulty relating to someone, be careful to be kind. I know that uh, sometimes in leadership, many of you are in leadership in the congregation, and, and sometimes we deal with situations and it arouses our temperature. <laughs> you know, our temperature starts rising my wife continually reminds me, be a good listener, listen more. <laughs> okay, well, recently we just, this, uh, I believe it was last week, we had a men's meeting at our congregation and so I, I took my pen and wrote on my agenda exactly what my wife told me, be kind, be kind, listen. You know, sometimes I had to write it right out so that I have it right there in front of me. And, I, yeah. So, the community of God has no higher calling than to seize the opportunity to experience Him. Our fierce battles are fought when we seek with all our heart to trust God so fully that we see every misfortune as something he permits and wants to use to know him so richly that we turn to no one or nothing else to experience what our souls long to enjoy. To love him so completely with such consuming passion that we hate anything that comes between us and eagerly give it up. You see, I'll pause here in this to ask you, what is, how would you define idolatry? Isn't it anything that comes between you and God or me and God? That's, that's an idol. That's idolatry. And so when, when, when God reminds us of something in our life and we know that we don't want to have anything between the Lord Jesus, God, and my heart, that relationship is so strong in my heart and my life that I'm willing to say, you know what? I can give up how I feel about some things in the congregation. I don't have to have everything my way. The peace that we can find. But you know, that's a battle I cannot win alone. 
I need the community that is waging the same war and will include me in the fight. You see, getting along, uh, selflessly serving my brothers and sisters in our local body, we have to recognize we're all in a battle. And when there is peace and harmony in a local body, a local church, count on it, brothers and sisters. The devil doesn't like to see that. And he's going to do anything to get in between you and you, get in between brothers and sisters. He's going to try to poke holes into that unity because he knows if he can get you upset at each other, unkind to each other. You know what he's going to do to the local body? Divide. That's all he has to do, my friends. He has division in mind. And so I need a community that will enter my battle and help me recognize what it is so I don't spend my life fighting lesser ones, lesser battles, which is my tendency. Evaluating every troubling emotion, where it came from, what purpose it is serving, and how I can change it are the kind of battles people take to therapists. I could have said counselors. But the bigger, the bigger battle involves my relationship with God. Do I trust him to continue working in my life even when I am plagued with crippling emotions? Do I know him well enough to turn to him for comfort rather than demand relief from my pain through whatever means are available? Do I love him so deeply that I welcome additional suffering that might draw my soul closer to him? Will I pay any price to know him better? Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. How much tonight do you want to know Jesus? <laughs> How much better it is for us to focus my life on my relationship with the Lord Jesus and being able to cast all my cares upon him that's what he told us to do right rather than trying to find fault with my brother or sister in the church so tonight as we think about selflessly serving in the local body you know when it comes to this matter of getting along and having good relationships, can we turn to the Lord tonight and realize that with my relationship with God being what it needs to be, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this an overarching uh, situation that you don't have to work through difficulties in relationship but let's take care 
of the first things first. The most important relationship, brothers and sisters, tonight is what God thinks of me. And you know, when I truly get, get a hold of seeing God the way he sees me, seeing myself the way God sees me, then I am able to look through a different set of lenses when I view my brothers and sisters in the congregation who I may have a little bit of edge on. I hope that was helpful for us all tonight to be able to think about selflessly serving in your congregation and I'm sure you could share lots of testimonies with us on how to make that work. But let's make sure that we are praising God, thanking him for salvation, loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we do that, God will help us to get along in harmony and joy in the life of your local body. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you and praise you for your faithfulness in the life of the church today. And I pray, O oh God, that you would help us to selflessly serve our brothers and sisters in our local churches. And you know tonight among this group of people the challenges that they're facing in relating to someone oh god i pray that you would help them to see the importance of focusing their praise and adoration and thanksgiving to you for saving them and then i pray that you would give them a blessing of being able to focus through those same praise and adoration and thanksgiving to that brother or that sister that they may have difficulty getting along with. Lord, we know that we live in a world that is upside down, that the devil is busy trying to uh, divide churches today, divide families, divide relationships. God, I pray that you would place a hedge of protection around those congregations who are doing their best and, and being an encouragement praying for each other, praying for the sick, praying for those who are being uh, uh, tempted to walk away. God, I pray that you would place a hedge of protection around your church today so that we can continue to be light to the world and a salt to the earth as you've told us to be. Bless each one. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.